my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lambert. Recording this episode for Sunday, July 30th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Give this one a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash festival. Subscribe for three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 664. I'm not alone, folks. I have a very illustrious guest, a podcast favorite. You know him. You love him. He has a brand new album coming out this Friday called America's Little Cutie Baby. He's also one of the co-hosts of the Fraudsters podcast. He's Justin Williams. How are you, sir? Yes. Thank you so much for having me back, Chris. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's always always great to talk to you. Always good to see you and hang out with you in real life and to be in podcast form over Zoom. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like all of it. Let's hang out in all the mediums. Once we get another, what is like, what is, the, there's the real life and there's the internet. What is another way we could hang out? I don't like know. Like a conference call? Yeah, a conference call or meta or like, I don't know if you play video <laughs> games at all, but maybe we could play 2K on on a fucking PlayStation or something. Oh, yeah, like VR. Yeah. We could hang out like avatars. We could have avatars yeah. hang out. I bought that fucking Ninja Turtles game. So I thought that I was going to be able to play with some comedians and they they flaked. Never got to play it with anybody. Uh yeah, there's there's that as the number of gamer comedians waning now or no, I think you know I'm more of a third person sh- regular like single player adventure guy like God of War, The Last of Us, that kind of stuff, and I don't even play it as much as I like. And I dropped all this money on a PS5, and it's just kind of anticlimactic, kind of because there hasn't been that many games that have been appealing to me just like god of war and the reboot of the remake of the last of us maybe this new spider-man coming out in a couple months will do it i think it'll do the trick for me as a gamer how many comedians can afford a ps5 at this uh like at this stage of their careers can they do they have to wait like another couple years (laughs) if they go down in price if they if they have a job other than comedy i don't know how many (laughs) uh but you know, I I don't know that. <laughs> I never thought of that. 
they they some of them find a way. Some of them find a way. The last system I had, but I still play like Sega Dreamcast, so I don't know how much stuff costs now. So oh shit! Well, the system is five hundred. 400 if you would want a just the digital and 500 if you want the disc and uh oh. the games are about 70 bucks now. Oh, okay. That's expensive. Yeah, when we were kids it was like 50 and 60, but now it's at all and then they try to add if you pre-order it some of them can be 80 bucks, some of them can be 100. Like the new Madden is like 100 bucks. But I, I think they do all that in-game purchasing to try to make you do it, and it's just it's a lot of bullshit. I'm getting kind of. Is Arkham Madden's bad too? Like I, when I go on like YouTube, sometimes I watch people and they're like, "There hasn't been a good football game since NFL 2K5." I think there. I, a lot of people say that. I had fun with one of them. Part of me feels like I have to. It's like a. I don't know if it's a a weird fealty that i have for the nfl where i have to give them some of my money and yeah. uh you know so i give them money through madden i'm tempted to get nfl sunday ticket because i got rid of cable pretty much and it's like i think it's youtube has licensing over it so it's like 400 400 500 bucks i don't know i'm tempted I don't know. I steal everything. I don't watch anything. I go watch the Chiefs when they come mm-hmm. somewhere around the New York City metropolitan area, or I'll go to a Chiefs game back in Kansas City. But anything else, I'm pirating it off of. I'm I'm, I'm closing down 75 pop ups in order to watch the game first. Off <laughs> oh man, where do you do you go somewhere in the city to go to Chiefs games, or or do you go to like a bar in Jersey? website this no not anymore so they there used to be like official kansas city cheese bars at like the village core house but uh-huh. sometimes in the late 20 teens those kind of shut down uh-huh. so now if i go, go to a bar specifically to be around other cheese fans i go to south philadelphia i go to big charlie saloon oh which shit. is the uh largest chiefs bar outside of kansas city oh so south philly place. yeah outside of kansas city and it's like if you if you ever wanted to uh, be inside of the neighborhood from Rocky one, but everyone was a chiefs fan, that's big Charlie's saloon. It's like okay. this amazing, like mashup of things. That, how did this happen? God. And so do you have to drive How often do you do that? Do you like drive down there? How many times during a season do you go down there? Uh, I go like usually once or maybe twice. I was going to go for the super bowl, but when they found out that it was, um, Versus the Eagles, they yeah. just couldn't open. They tried to say it was because of demand, but it was really because they couldn't guarantee the safety of like anybody. Yeah, but, wow. Yeah, I can. <laughs> oh man, ooh, that would have been a nightmare. Ooh, we might not be doing this podcast if you went to that. I, I was there for the AFC. You were there. I was there at the AFC Championship game, and uh-huh. yeah, and our and as soon as that field goal went through, and it was like, all right, Chiefs versus Eagles. Eagles fans started descending on the bar and big Charlie's had armed security that was like telling them get off the block. One of the fans, one of the chiefs fans in the bar switches out of his chiefs Jersey into an Eagles Jersey to go get back to his car. (laughs) Oh my God. That is insane. That is insane. Oh my God. I don't think I love a team that much. 
I just, I mean, that is that is wild. I mean, I love my black quarterbacks, and that was it was kind of heaven for me. But I was rooting for Mahomes because I want his narrative. Because I don't know, man. Like some people are drinking his Kool Aid, and they rightfully should be. He's a he's a superstar athlete, but it's like they're trying to find a reason to just try to tear him down while he's in his prime and trying to talk about Joe Burrow and, and I, my mm-hmm. favorite white quarterback, who's my favorite quite white, uh, white quarterback for the bills. Um, oh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. I, I they they haven't won. They haven't won anything. They haven't won anything. So it's like, yeah. wh- what are you, what are you doing? Well, they need a rivalry to sell tickets, right? Even Tom Brady had Peyton Manning as kind of like his main rival. So, you know, every Magic needs a bird, you know. So they're, they're, they're looking for an equal for Mahomes. The problem is Mahomes might be so great, he might not actually have an equal. <laughs> yeah, it's it, he's he's amazing. And I and I was thinking about you as I was watching the that quarterback show on Netflix that Peyton Manning produces. And it's like Pat, Patrick Mahomes is trainer. So I've never seen anybody train like this. He can make all these throws. I've never seen a body that can do what he does. This is incredible. And then you you cut to uh, what's the what's the <laughs> what's the my guy from the Minnesota? Uh, what is his name? Oh, uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. You jump cut to him in his trophy room talking about the fact that he was in Glee Club, and it's just like. It's just like he's eons beyond everybody. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's cute. Normally I'm a sucker for that, but like I love Patrick Mah- I love my black quarterbacks, man. And it's 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 great to see. Um what'd you think of that documentary? It was hard it was hard to care about Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Like, I definitely just fast forwarded through those parts. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude it was like why can't you just do it about patrick i don't i don't see why you can't why you can't do it i don't care that his wife gets his clothes like kirk cousin's wife goes to patagonia to get his shirts i don't, I don't mm-hmm. give a shit and i, I think that kirk cousins, kirk cousins is a nice guy though when came yeah. across he's a nice guy and he's a very good quarterback he's just like not he's not elite tier but it's like this guy's very good and yeah. Marcus Mariota, you know, it's like, oh, this guy's talented, but he might not ever be a starter ever again. Right. So it was kind of cool to see that, I guess, that difference in careers. Yeah, definitely. I, I understood what they were trying to do, but it's just like, I, I don't I don't really, I don't care. I mean, it made me appreciate Patrick Mahomes even more the way, because I had, I don't think I'd ever heard him mic'd up. I don't think I had ever heard him mic'd up in the way he was talking shit to people. And it was just so amazing i i i loved it yeah that's right man that's me man that's me man that's what i do that's what i do i'm like that man i'm special i'm special i'll get in that bitch i'll get in that bitch (laughs) you woke up the wrong motherfucker i was like yes man (laughs) so good so good um yeah i thought that was good and it made me i i don't really watch reality tv but my favorite stuff within that realm are those documentaries and i used to like hard knocks a lot but i haven't i just haven't paid much attention to to that anymore but i still every time i catch them i i'm into it Um, yeah i only watch the stuff with my team on it so i I haven't watched hard knocks since herm edwards was our head coach (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a while ago. Is he still at? Is he still at ASU or did he get fired? He's like on fired. the ESPN. Okay, he's on ESPN. I haven't I haven't been keeping up with with football that much. And the 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 woke part of me would say it's because of Kaepernick, but it's just it's really just. I don't know how much I care anymore. How do you how do you keep caring? Is it just is it just the ties to your your city where you're from? Like how does how do you carry on uh rooting? Like I mean obviously you got a great team, but how do you carry on your interest with with football? Having maybe the greatest football player ever carry us into a golden age that I only imagined was possible <laughs> as a child. Yeah. Cause you had, what'd you have? You had Steve DeBerg, Christian Okoye, Derek Thomas, the late great Derek Thomas. Who else did you have growing up? There were a lot. There were a lot of great players on those early '90s Chiefs teams, and yeah. then there was kind of the Dick Vermeil, kind of Priest Holmes, Trent Green era. But yeah. uh, they only won like maybe one or two playoff games during that entire like 25 year period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you had, how did you feel when you got Joe Montana? Oh, we thought we, well, we went to the FC championship. It was like, Joe's the last piece to get us over the hump. Yeah. But then the problem was, it was like, uh, he's only got two years left in him, you know? Now you, you went to that AFC championship game, um, at, in Philly at that bar. Yes. Okay. What's what's the atmosphere like when you go? Because you've been to Arrowhead a, a few yeah. times, right? Oh yeah, oh many many times. Yes, like in the in the Mahomes era. Oh, I think I've only seen Mahomes play at Arrowhead maybe twice. Oh, that's still great though. Yeah, that's cool. Let's be honest; it's pretty wild. It's it's wild stuff, man. It's just like seeing how good that guy is. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, hope he continues to. Continues to do well. Um, something to look forward to with the season. But that that did watching that did kind of galvanize me. And and it and I'm really tempted to get this Sunday ticket. I haven't had it. I've never the the only time I had it, I was I had it, then I was working on a play the whole football season. And I never really got to see any games except for the late ones. So hmm. I it wasn't really worth it. And I had red I had red zone up until last season and that was good too but uh yeah i think i I might end up end up doing it we'll figure something out you coming down to big charlie's saloon they got every chiefs game there and uh they got some good guys from the old neighborhood in there too it's very nice do you so what do you drive down there uh i'll no, because I, I I drink liquor, so I, uh, <laughs> I I take like the New Jersey Transit all the way down to like Trenton and then okay. to SEPTA. Okay, that does. It could, sound be, cool. it could be a pain in the ass getting home because it's like a Sunday. It's like crazy weekend schedule. Or if you buy in advance, you could buy Amtrak tickets. Uh huh. And just like get it, like be like, you know, from Pitt Station. Then that's the easiest, right? Because then you just got to make it to the train station. Then you get dropped off, like kind of at your house. Oh, okay. I mean, I would probably drive, but I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't get drunk though. So I would go with you. I'd be your 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 driver. Oh yeah, if you want to do that, uh, for sure. If you don't, if you feel confident that you don't, you don't want to drink that much. Just the thing about it's hard not to drink in big Charlie saloon because it's filled with uh, a lot of people from the Midwest. So, okay. 
Yeah. And it's also a dive bar in South Philly, so it's not expensive. So you're like, why not get more shots? <laughs> well, that's where people started drinking. I remember when I when I moved when I moved to Chicago, that's a bar town. And after every show or rehearsal, people would go to the bars. And I I got trashed like one time going out. But other than that, I didn't really I was okay. And it's yeah. just like it's just like with comedy, it's hard to it's hard to drink if you if you drive, you know, like it. I don't you know how we get paid in bar tickets and uh, yeah. drink tickets. And it's just like I got to drive. I got to drive like 45 minutes back to, to Jersey. So I would just give mine away. You know, I keep my I keep my comedy earnings in the city as just revenue neutral. I'm like, I need mm-hmm. enough drink tickets uh, to balance out this Uber. Yeah, yeah. Because we, I remember, but I do remember, so I've known you for so long, and I was thinking about you and stuff, and I, I remember, like, loving Death Comedy Jam, the show that you did with Akash uh, Basin, uh at the the first Creek in the Cave. I remember doing that show. I would, whenever I would get booked on that show, I would take the next day off. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't get drunk or anything, but I would... I just knew like getting home at one or two o'clock. I'm not, I'm not going to work the next day. Cause yeah, that's well, just a fun show that you stay at, you know? 1am is when we would get done hosting. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did that show start? Was it like a 10 30, 11 o'clock show? Yeah. It was like a, it was a 10 PM show on a Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, and we just turned it into like a late night debauchery kind of thing to where, yeah, yeah we, we appreciate the comedians liked it. Yeah, theoretically, it's supposed to be terrible. You're supposed to be like, man, this is starting late. It's a weekday. I got shit I got to do tomorrow. But we kind of turned it into like like a hang, which was good. If you have a nerd like me taking the day off the next day, uh, it's it's a really great show. (laughs) That was one. That was one. I think that I'm not blowing smoke, but that had to be like the best show at the creek. I feel like shows, but it was what I think it was. the It was the best. I would say probably the best regular non-weekend show. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. There were shows yes. that I liked doing there, but I, that one is that was the one where you made you made plans where you're just like, okay, this is we're going to have fun. We're just going to hang out and have fun after this. During the show and after the show. I like it's been long enough now since that show ran to uh, where the lineups are just a uh, sitcom cast. Oh. <laughs> all the people that got famous yeah yeah it's like everyone it's just like it's just like a netflix writer's room that's it's crazy like who, who you had for like free beer you know somebody was not paying attention to this great thing it's you know it's, I, I if i ever did a documentary about the creek i'd be like you like you should talk to talk to me about it i would love to tell stories about yeah we had uh such and such and blah 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 yeah and such you know and like famous drop-ins I remember, I remember like talking to like, uh, he's like a very, very famous comic from the Boston scene. And okay. I didn't know who he was, but I remember just like talking to like Barry Crimmins by the bar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and just being like, just being like, are you a comedian? It's like, am I a comedian? <laughs> it's like Barry Crimmins. Yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't know. I mean, you know. Yeah, it was a good place. Yeah. Last podcast on the left. Like, so I'm on the last podcast network and I knew those, I knew 
I knew some of those people from like Murder Fist or mm-hmm. I think like Carolina Hidalgo. She was just, you know, just a stand up and things. And now they're all yeah. like very famous podcasters. <laughs> yeah. How did you how did you guys start fraudsters? And I don't think we ever talked about it. I, I love I love the show. I just I just on my trip down to Maryland, I listened to the the Y Clef series, the Fuji series. Yeah. Um, and I also listened to George Santos. I enjoyed it. No, thank you. Thank you. How did yeah, you guys get started? Yeah, Fraudsters came about because Cena Gaznavi what is a was a fill-in on the Sirius XM network, uh, mm-hmm. on like three different networks on there, like the liberal channel and then like the black channel. Okay. <laughs> um, so he had all of these spots where he would get programming. He'd be like, we need you to host Godfrey's show today. We need you to host Pete Dominic's show. We need you to host John Fugelsang's show. Or we need you to host Karen Hunter's show. And uh, he had to fill a spot one day and he was looking for a guest co-host. And he asked another another great comedian, this friend of ours, Jeffrey Joseph, to do it. Jeffrey was like, I can't do it, probably because he was getting ready to quit America and go back to Canada at that point. Yeah. And then he uh, so he sent him my connection. We had fun. You know, we had fun. He's like, you want to come back? We, we became like like the regular regular like guest co-hosts. And then when the last podcast on the left kind of launched a full network, Cena had, had been really, really tight with them for years. And so they were like, pitch a show. And that's how we pitched Fraudsters. Yeah, it's so fun. I, I really like it. I, I Especially the Fuji's one, because I had a little bit of context. I didn't know about the Lauren Hill tax evasion. And I didn't know how deep the, the Yele thing went. And just to 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 really just bank on this one album you did uh well i mean fuji's did too but lauren hill did miseducation which is a phenomenal album but just because you made that you can't show up to your shows late you yeah. know and 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 act and and try to intimidate great artists like robert glasper because they were like who's robert glasper i was like uh he's a very talented musician when I first moved here in 2000, I moved here in 2007, but my first year, I went to this taping of uh, VH1 Soul Stage, and Q-tip, Q-Tip was doing was there. It was Q-Tip's show, and Robert Glasper was fucking playing, it was the band leader. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy's been around for a long time. Yeah, he's famous. Like, yeah. he's uh, famous. For, if, you know, it's like, it's like if... Like let's say that the roots would have just not had the Jimmy Fallon break or not not, not ever maybe won a bunch of Grammys, right? If it right. like try to intimidate Quest Love. It's like, wait, everybody knows who Quest Love is still, though. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's so weird. I, I don't know, man. It's this business is, of ours is uh it's just it's just crazy. And you, you oh. and and they think you make all this money. So you can, you have the 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 if there's the possibility, but for the most part, it's like you have to do other things in order to support your, I don't know, addiction to the, the fine arts or just, just this this life that we that we live, you know? Yeah, and I think there's just a cautionary tale about, you know, with a lot of the Frosters things, it's like always remember that you are a human being living in a society and that you should treat other people as human beings, right? Yeah. Because once you start thinking that you're more than that that's like always that's usually where the problems start right exactly man because it's as much as people can go crazy a lot of the people that i've met yourself included i shouted you out yet last week for uh getting me through a rough time 
uh, <laughs> and you and you and JL Covan. And, you know, like a lot of people that I've met in this business, even the people at the high levels, like most of the people that I've met at the highest levels are super nice. Like mm-hmm. they're really, they're pretty nice. And it's like, that might be one of the reasons why they work a lot. Oh, it is. Them, you know, there's super famous, super talented people that people just refuse to work with that are blackballed from stuff. People just yeah. don't want to deal with it, you know? Right. You have to have a level of output to be hot. That's why a lot of people that are mean too are people that are insecure. Like they may have done one good thing or something like that too. So in order to be a problem, you have to be you have to put out such consistent levels of bangers to <laughs> yeah. be a problem. You can't be a problem with something you did ten years ago because then right. then people just don't want to work with you anymore. You know, so that's true. It's true because that's why a lot of people work with their friends. You're like this person. These people work together all the time. And it's like, I totally get it because the stuff that we do is hard. And then it's a lot of hard work and you want to be in the trenches with people that you like and you trust and that have talent. But it's like it's a total package that you look for when you when you do stuff like that. No, God bless her. And I love her. But, you know, I never want to I never want to be like Monique, where I'm just like airing somebody out new every week. Yeah, it's not. I'm like, oh, this is. This, I just, I just hear doors closing anytime I open up my uh, my comedy hype. Oh my god, YouTube reel. Comedy it's hype like, is so. It's so like. It's my favorite website because it's it's uh it's people having conversations about things they clearly never watched. Mm. They're like, I don't. I didn't even watch. They'll be like, what did you think of this video? They're like, I've never seen that. And I actually don't even know who's in the video, but here's my opinion. (laughs) And it's just like a conspiracy. It's usually a conspiracy theory or something like very bigoted or like stereotypes. Yeah. It's like, usually, yeah. Or just defense or just defense of powerful men. So I was like, I didn't read what the Cosby accusers said, but I know they're always trying to take down a black man. It's like, it's always, it always goes to like, what is the worst (laughs) place this conversation could go comedy hype never fails it always goes there yeah uh so that's why i always like i like to see what like conspiracy kind of black internet is thinking i do too i'm not above it but it's just like it's so like insidious and it's just always like like leans towards the negative that it's just like oh god but then there's part of me that listens to that shit like i not gonna lie to you i watch vlad tv as well I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not above any of it, but my favorite favorite conversation they had on comedy hype was uh, because Hannibal Burris is married to a white woman, is he qualified to make a documentary on Bill Cosby? That was a, that was an actual conversation that they had for like 15 minutes. And did they mean uh, W. Kamau Bell? Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. What? So they said Hannibal Burris? No, I mean W. W. Kamal Bell. Sorry, yeah. Oh, w. oh, I was about to say. I was like, whoa. Then they're really up. Oh, wow. That's oh my god. They said it's that. Like, it's like the lowest level of conversation. They were like, this is a, this is a, this is a topic that should be discussed. And it was like, it's like out of all the important like things in that story, that was what they chose to focus on. And I'm like, this is. I'm like, this is great. This is great. 
watching because it was like and it was obviously like and it's also this interesting thing the way comedy's kind of segregated yeah like, none of these comics who have been comics for like 35 years like new w kamal bell is a stand-up so it was always like uh you know they'd be like hey i've never I, I didn't even know this man was a comedian he's like been on tv and stuff yeah he's been on tv had some specials chris rock produced like his some of his his tv show yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like they just had no idea who he was. They're like, I, I, they say he's a comedian. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it's like, like yeah. Jesus Christ. Because I saw him. I saw him like when I first started. He had that. Um, oh, was it at PS forty two or something? He had the 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 W Kamau bell curve, and I watched him. He was really nice. Uh, and he, I thought he was. I had his album. Thought he was funny. You know. It's just weird. He's kind of got he just got gotten into another space as a as a comedian. He's hosting shows and doing whatever, but to not have any knowledge of of your peers is is pretty fucking weird to me. No, that's what I like about comedy hype because it the way it discusses famous black people that didn't come from the urban scene. Yeah. It's, it's conspiratorial. It's like who's behind this? Uh, uh it's you know, it's always like 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 they think like Gerard Carmichael's career is like a conspiracy. Like I, I was like, I was like, it, it's so fun to watch. It's just so fun to watch because it's just like this is crazy. This is like this is insane conversation. And the comments are also off the wall, insane. He's definite. Carmichael's definitely an industry darling, but he would just be like the West Coast version of what happened with Michael Che. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just, just a guy that was talented and and skyrocketed, but it's like you you could see that. But like on the West Coast, I think that that's a a similar thing. Listen, least. I like I like anytime I'll watch anything on the internet where uh, people are gatekeeping uh, blackness. Like that is always very fun to me to watch. Yeah, where it's just like who who is this person, and I'm always just like. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> yeah, who are you? Like, who are you, dude? There's people I like. I like Corey Holcomb. I, I'll I'll watch him, his podcast. Oh God! And there's people. There's people that'll say like, there's people that'll take stuff that he says and have their own podcast about it. They're stealing his shit. You know, like we yeah. were talking about the last time we were out. We were talking about that kid that uh, stole Patrice O'Neill's like material and was just doing it online as if it was yeah. their own like they would do that shit look let's see let's listen what Corey says here but i'm like yo we could just go to fucking Corey and see what he has to say or or you know it's also like you could also not rely on a stand-up comedian for opinions on like very important issues. you should yeah. maybe look at like you know read the newspaper Right. Or, uh, yeah, it becomes this feedback loop. Uh, it, yeah, it's like this dark corner of the internet where Corey Holcomb it becomes like an authority on gender relations. <laughs> and you're like, what? Yeah. And then you're reading the comments and you could see it, it, it's like a great thing. Uh, it's, it's like a great experiment of like the power of celebrity, right? To where anybody's taking any of this really seriously. And then people are taking like some really bad life advice and yeah. being like, yeah, that's right. That's why I go out there and do this. It's like, yeah, I'm alone or I'm in jail, but you know, you're it's like, like that. Oh. It's like that black. It's kind of like a black incel type shit. That's like, you don't want to go deep into that rabbit hole where it's like you, you hate everybody. Uh, you, you, you call women females and you hate Malika Andrews. 
And like, yeah, you think every, and also with Corey Holcomb, you think every black male celebrity is gay. That's also the thing. It's secretly gay. <laughs> He's like, Obama, Sanders. Obama being there with the boys. <laughs> and you're like, what? I still want to see him, though. I saw him like 10 years ago, like, just his his like rawness on stage like he opened the show at, with a with an abortion joke that i was just like wow you led with that oh he's a phenomenal comedian to watch yeah. he's one of the funniest people in the world it's just like i can't take his podcast anymore because it just leans so much into the Corey's an interesting guy right cuz he 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 what he's done with his podcast is he's abandoned all all sense of trying to be a mainstream person, but yeah. he's built a huge online audience that will yeah. go see him wherever he goes. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of interesting watching him make that calculus. Cause for a while he was like, he was on a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? He was, yeah, you know, he was in movies. Was yeah. But now, now it's like, he's basically made himself radioactive. He can only be in black, like super black stuff now. If it's going to be kind of mainstream, you know? Yeah. It's fascinating to watch. I mean, I, I, I I watch some of his stuff, but I I'm I'm more interested in his stand up. But I like still like to see what people are doing. I I watch a little bit of everybody, like him and T K Kirkland, and like well, T K Kirkland was there for everything. That's what he's, all, he's like, what he was there for every major historical. Yeah, event. he was like listening to. He's like God. He knows all. He managed Sandra Bullock and stuff. It's like fuck, man. I didn't know that. You know, it's it's fascinating to just get to to watch. Like I'll 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 watch a little bit of everybody, but um, yes, it, it's just it's just an interesting landscape that the internet. It's just it's just a lot out there. The black yeah, the black internet's very fascinating. It's a lot of T K Kirkland stories. Yeah, it's uh, Corey Holcomb saying that uh, like what's the new thing? He'd be like uh, like who would he say is gay now? Like uh. <laughs> Like who's could just be Al Sharpton? <laughs> I just told you about Stephen you. A. Smith and Al Sharpton. They are in bed with them people. Oh, another another thing that I'm into in the black internet is um, insinuation that Diddy is part of a satanic gay sex cult. That's always heard, something that gets like recommended to me in these videos. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the satanic thing, but the the gay thing. It's just like, oh God, let me just let me just go back to like uh, movie recaps and uh, sports. Yeah, it's when you go too far, you make a wrong turn. It's like one thing I like about black internet is that it's alt right in a way that doesn't get labeled as alt right. Yeah, it's like, holy crap, this is some dark, insidious, like insidious, like propaganda, like messaging. Like the Diddy stuff is so funny because it does, it's not just that it, it's not like Diddy's bi because that's not a story, right? It becomes Diddy initiates young men into rituals. They call them rituals. Oh my God. Instead of just like having sex with a guy, they try to make it like it sounds like it's some kind of Illuminati. Like, uh, <laughs> like maybe he just likes guys. We, you know. It's, yeah, it's just like he just might be bi. But yeah. it's like, yeah, the like the homophobic messaging. Oh, and then like, then like the Farrakhan clips. Are like not far behind that, where it's just like Farrakhan yelling about something, but not actually saying something. So Did that's why, I like, go ahead. Yeah, that's why I like it's like it's like oh here we go the black alt right internet. It's like it's it's, it's like it's one step over from all that other stuff. Oh Charleston White interviews. 
I I know of him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a lot, man. And it's like, I just want to be on the middle. You gotta you because part of our job is knowing what what people are doing and what's going on in the world, but yeah. you can't you can't go too far in it. And um I was speaking of Faircon, there was a thing, I forget what what publication did it, but it was like how the nation of Islam was tied into Scientology. Did you hear about that? No, but it makes sense. I mean, we so we just recorded fraudsters on the Nation of Islam and okay. uh, parallels between it and Scientology. That's why I said it's like the Nation oh. of Islam is basically just Scientology for Black people. Okay. Uh, it, you know, it comes out it comes out before Scientology, but it's the same revenue model. It's the same like space explanations. It's the same like uh, it's the same use of prominent celebrities hmm. as a way to uh, as a way to get people into its sort of economic system uh it's yeah it's one of those things yeah it's it's uh it's scary man like it's just like you like sometimes any one of the people we just named is like where it's like it's okay for a little bit then sometimes it can go a little too far where it's just like i can't ride all the way with that oh yeah no the 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 farrakhan clips are great right because it's just like it starts off maybe empowering but then it becomes like darkly anti-semitic yeah it's like you gotta shoot down all these people make just to make <laughs> yourself look good it's just like hey just be 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 cool with being good being proud of who you are where you came from and and try to progress but fuck the jew it's like no 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 yeah and it's like yeah jews did not put toxic waste in the vaccine minister farrakhan and they don't have a weather machine yeah and people yeah people are like in the comment section this is deep it's like this is not deep this no, is subway not. talk but it's being presented very well. It's why I get mad, uh, upset, a little, not mad, but frustrated with like a guy like Dave Chappelle, who the way he handled the Kyrie Irving Kanye thing at his, on his SNL monologue was so deftly handled in the way that he straddled the line. And he just, it was almost, I think it was pitch perfect where it's like, why can't you just, that's what we, that's what we want from you. Maybe, maybe it's a taste thing. But like the trans stuff is like, like, dude, you don't have to even, yeah, I mean, have to even talk about that. You're, you're, I don't know. It's like you're a genius. The way, the way he did that, I think that's one of the best. I'll probably, well, one of my favorite sets of his. Um, I mean, I think he's both sides in it, and I think yeah. you see people are doing this too, right? It's like I did, yeah. But I think it's like a. I mean, it, I think it's, I think it's good. It's theoretically good comedy wise, but in the age of fascism, it becomes like I think false equivalency. Oh, so definitely. It, always, it, it always becomes like, hey, look, Kyrie Irving may have just tweeted out Nazi propaganda that suits for anti-Semitic, but also their Jews control a lot of stuff. And those and those are just two thoughts that are even. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, no, we don't we don't we don't need a but after yeah. like Nazism. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be a but the Nazis have a point. Right. You know what I mean? That's because, true. Because yeah, they're such, they're such big mainstream figures that they don't want to lose their audience, and they and also they. I mean, I think you do four trans things in a row. Like you did it once, and it made a point, and it was like the point could have been anybody could be talked about. That's funny. When right. you do it like the fourth time, it's because you realize that you've actually added a new audience. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's what disappoints me. But it's just like because I, you know, like I saw Bill Burr at the Prudential Center. I thought. I thought it was a great set. I thought it was better than his last one. So it's just like there's growth 
even still at that age. And obviously, you know, you, you, you get older, you get better, but it's like, okay, but why the, you realize how horrible Trump was really now you're shitting on Joe Biden. Cause he's, he's old. That's what you're, that's what you're saying. That's not, it's not the same thing. Yeah, Joe Biden yeah, I, being old and Trump being like a horrible president and a disgrace to the office is not the fucking same as Joe Biden just being a old leader. I look, I get the instincts because I, they, you don't want to be doing clapter. Yeah. But I hate it when it's like, uh, you know, like you see somebody that's saying things that the crowd agrees with and it's like not funny at all. Right. Mm -hmm. I understand not wanting to be that. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's just like, you shouldn't be doing like false equivalency because it kind of legitimizes all of these dark forces. And I understand everybody wants to be a mainstream person, but it's just mm -hmm. like, sometimes you might not have to have a, you might not be able to have a mainstream opinion. Like, like Muhammad Ali had a period where he's just like, well, I'm not going to be able to please everybody with this. Yeah. 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 You know, just like, Hey, you're going to lose part of the audience with some of this, you know, um, I could never, I could never, even like Richard Pryor was never like, you know, Hey, I'm just going to be able to keep everybody with this, you know? Right. Right. Um, you know, so I think that's just like kind of that's what I always look at it. I think long term, I think you don't want to become certain. You know, I see certain comics that just only talk to their audience. Right. And, yeah. But at the same time, I think you have to have like a little bit of faith in the audience that you'll be able to. Be able to push them a little bit right. once you get to a certain status. Yeah. And have them like, you know, accept parts of things. Also, I have the thing, too, where I don't care. I don't want everybody's money once I get to a certain level. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Or even now. <laughs> That's about why I'm poor, you know. But uh, You're not poor. I've seen it. There's just, just certain people I just what I don't need in my, like, I know certain you people mean. I'm like, I, I don't need them in my fan base. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't mean if you disagree with me, then fuck you. But I'd be like, if you don't want to hear something that you've never heard before i'm like is that really like who i want to be performing for yeah i think i mean and you can speak to this because you perform in jersey a lot and i don't know i i think i think in a lot of ways our paths are similar mm -hmm. because sometimes you get you get thrown into these like field houses what were we talking about were you and i talking about this like yeah, like the yeah, the firehouses of central to south Jersey, the, yeah, right, the Elks Lodges. Yeah, it's like these are it's it's different, man. And we we are in this metropolitan area, the tri-state area with the with all this thought, this uh the the what do they what do they call it? The uh the the think tanks and and all these really smart progressive people. But you can go 15, 20 minutes west of where yeah. we are, and it's a different, it's a different ball game. It's a different, it's different, man. And people think differently. Yeah, it's like, yeah, hey man, I'm not like attacking you. It's like if uh, if you think that I made me making fun of a political leader, it's like I'm not attacking. It's like separate your identity from your political leadership, too. Mm -hmm. And also if you listen, it's like I might throw in a Joe Biden joke too, you know, or whatever. But no, I'm not interested if you think like if you think trans people are a conspiracy. I'm like, I don't have any comedy for you. Sorry. Yeah, right. I can't, I can't, I'm not gonna make you laugh. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But at the same time, I'm not gonna just like lean into hacky stuff and be like, I you know, I don't I don't want to become niche either. It's yeah. like they're niche. Like if you if you think trans people are a conspiracy or something and you want to hear that kind of demonization, it's like you're the actual niche person. Mm-hmm. 
And so I have to make sure that in not pandering to you, I don't become niche to where it's like I'm only doing like, uh, I don't know, like the most liberal rooms where it's just like working class white people are dumb. Am I right? And everybody's just like clapping. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you <laughs> just want to be able to push like there, there's, I remember doing something, a joke that I've been doing for years, like, like a club joke or like just trying to like a relatable joke about working in the office. And then somebody said, Oh, that's too far. I'm like, what? And she what? Said, like, like going to going too far about like, office life or some shit and i said okay well i'm gonna go further and then the whole crowd excuse me clap i was i i did a spot opening for someone who was a fox guy i just like a last minute they need somebody to do like seven to ten minutes at bananas what is the guy's name greg gutfield no it was shit fuck i forget his name i talked about it on the show sean hannity no, it's a younger, kind of a young guy. He he's uh um oh, Jimmy Fela. Is it Fela? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I I they said, Oh, we need he needs somebody. I was like, Oh, cool. And it's 15 minutes away from me. I went down there, all Republicans, all and and uh I did my black quarterbacks joke and from they loved it. Yeah. Because they knew it was real. Like it's like I'm I know I know what this is. I know yeah. who you are but I'm going to still say what I want to say. And I think I said something like I said, this is, I said, I'm here to make you laugh. I'm a professional. You, I'm going to make you laugh, but it's going to be on my terms. Yeah. You can like it if you, you can you like it or not like it. But I did remember saying that to him, but yeah, man, you got, you kind of got to stand up for yourself and you just got to be, it's like, you got to be who you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's a it's an interesting thing it's, and it's good to it's good to i think it just makes you more battle tested because when you are in front of those general audiences those jokes do hit harder when you've been in the trenches of those elks lodges and fundraisers at those like little uh camp houses i forget what they call them <laughs> the- well it's, it's like it, it's like do you aspire to be like doing the road has this utility of it prepares you for the biggest the biggest stages like once you're battle tested and things i believe in that but i don't know maybe maybe it is about just finding your people in some corner of tiktok and you know i think i don't know uh i've seen people amass like huge followings and that and managers actually put together a living off of like just finding their corner of the internet yeah. Which is fine. The only problem is they can't be like put they, they can't be like put on television now that's the thing none of them have yeah. an act that in any any way like translates to any like mainstream thing but there's not a lot of mainstream avenues left anymore i'm like right. like what are, what are they like what are they losing at this point so i'm you know maybe they maybe they have the right thing i don't know i always feel good knowing that i could perform anywhere you know i see i see certain comedians which are very successful and i you know and, and god bless them but they only do like three cities in america this is uh, and you know what i mean brooklyn seattle and where else yeah, like Portland or something. Portland. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like very much like I, I I am like happy that I can do a set in Cleveland. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing that makes me feel good because when I, I when I toured a little bit with um with Chris Hardwick, I did like San Francisco and North Carolina and and these different towns, and it's like oh my jokes work in San Francisco, they work in this. They worked in this bar in the middle of nowhere in Brooklyn, and then they work 
in DC or they work, you know, yeah. all over. And so that's, I mean, that's the thing that I, I take away with me, but yeah, I think it is um, like you said, and you, I, I kind of want you to speak to it a little more. What do you think about the way that these that folks that we know, our colleagues that we started with, or maybe a couple years ahead of us were doing that, that are doing now with the internet, like they've part of it. And this is the, I don't know. This is kind of the part of it's like, yeah, you you guys are doing stuff on YouTube and making your own mark, but don't for one second try to act like you didn't have industry help at some point in your career. You know, I notice people are doing that and forgetting the fact that they they did have industry help and they were pushed. And this is even before the pandemic. Yeah. They're not. I, I think it depends on who. I think everybody, like so many people's situation is different. I do see, you know, you know, some people that are putting out a lot of content are doing it because they actually have monetized. They're very hooked into the industry of the internet, so they're getting monetized. Other people I see producing so much stuff, and they they built like online. They built followers, but the problem is, is like if you're not getting monetized for that, like you become just kind of a free content mill. So I don't know if that's yeah. worth it. It's like the amount of material that I think you're burning, what you could maybe be making back on royalties, you know? So I think yeah. it depends on everybody's thing. But yeah, but yeah, you do see some self-made stories that aren't so self-made. Yeah. But then I do see self-made stories that, yeah, I remember people did passing on him. I think, you know, yeah, I see some people where they couldn't, nobody wanted to buy their special or something like that. And they are able to like sell out, you know, 5,000 seat theaters now around the country, you know? Yeah. That's why I've kind of like I was thinking like I I start putting clips up. They have been old. So one there's a couple with newer jokes on there, but I I'm like I don't know how much that's gonna. I mean I'm I'm always writing, but it's like I know that I want to just be giving that up, and nobody gives a shit. And when I do it, nobody cares. So I might as well just try to do it, you know, on an album, and I like have to you know figure out recording some with something within the next eight to twelve months. Um, that's a good segue. America's yes, little cutie baby on yes, August fourth. <laughs> yes, talk talk about this. Talk about this. I I I wanna I wanna I can't wait to listen to it. I'm, I'm coming hoping. out my third comedy album. Uh, it's good. It's 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 a lot of funny stories. It's a lot, a lot of it's about funny stories about 15 years of doing comedy. Yeah. So some of it's about the like the hilariousness of comedy itself and even trying to do it. And then there's a little bit of life change stuff. There's a there's a bit about Patrick Mahomes in there. Just, oh, it's cool. something for the whole family. That's what That's I said. How long did it take for you to put this hour together? Uh, I don't know. Like last time I did album was four years ago. I wasn't thinking about it, but it's putting together an hour. I'm like, here's some stuff I don't want to say anymore. Ah, gotcha. That's good. I like because I would like to move on and talk about some different things. So it, that's why I always do. I go, I don't want to do this stuff anymore. Yeah. That's and then a good I went way to look at it. it. I got to Yeah, that that's in, inspiring to hear because I want to I want to do it like so when you knew let's talk about this, though, when you knew you wanted to do an album, how long did it take from the conception of like, I'm going to I don't want to say this stuff anymore. I want to do an album. What would until the actual recording? You did it at Caveat. When did you do that? When did you record? Uh, in May. In May. OK, so from but May. I, I I set a deadline from, I sent out an email in December to caveat saying, uh, I'll take any Saturday you have in the summer. Oh, okay. 
And I was like, that will be the deadline. Whatever you've got at that point, get it all out in one take. I always do them at one take. I don't ever want to come back and do it. So yeah. every all my albums are the first take. Oh, like JL Covan. Almost. Just get it out and just just and just leave. <laughs> so you just did that one show at caveat yep that's cool i i need to do that i need to talk to your people meaning you about that off mic yeah um what else can we can we talk about uh so it's it's everywhere on the fourth it's gonna uh, be well amazon and apple that's the two places you can get it from amazon and apple I, yeah. okay all right um what what else can we talk i think that might i think that's almost i think that's pretty much it man i think we've covered it i wanted to talk patrick mahomes i wanted to talk about the album um you you got a clip up already i really love that that bit <laughs> pull your pull your shoes up <laughs> some of it's some of it's stories of like when you were growing up too right a little bit yeah that's good. Yeah. Well, I, well, I can't, I can't wait to hear it, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of your work. And then, uh, you got every month, every first Friday, uh, the Brick City Comedy Review. You've been doing that for ten years, right? Nine years. Oh, nine, nine years, years on August fourth, which wow, is also man. the same day America's Little Cutie Baby comes out on Amazon and Apple. If I'm not booked to for do to do something, I'm coming. You come, yeah, come hang out. We're gonna have a fun night that night. We got a great, great lineup, and then we'll have a. There's an after party. Yeah. So if you ever show for your listeners that if you're in the North Jersey or even like a lot of parts of New York City or even Central Jersey, Brick City Comedy Review first Friday of every month at Kilkenny Ale House in downtown Newark. It's longest running probably comedy showcase in New Jersey at this point. It's a great show, man, and I I always have fun there, and uh, I kind of had some. A breakthrough moment i've had like a couple of breakthrough moments there just artistically where like you wanna like that's a show that you wanna show up for not necessarily mm -hmm. just show up as a comic but try to put stuff out because that because i i think for the most part would you say it's a mixed crowd but i kind of look at that as like a black crowd kind of yeah i mean it's it's, like a, i mean I think it's like maybe you know it's like 60 40 maybe something 60, like that 40. Yeah, oh, I don't know. yeah i just feel like it's like one of those where it's like the the people are like there like people that yeah. are smart that are ready to have a good time and i think like that's one that's a show that i really get hyped for like that i try to do new shit and be even just be like experimental and stuff too one well, that's, guy. that's what we wanted. I wanted yeah. it to be a place where, you know, you know, <laughs> kind of like what the Creek show, but like with more people that bought tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, we take it as ultimate compliment. I noticed, you know, you know, for comics that are coming from other places, our measurement was always like, we know we know it's good. I knew I knew the show was good when comedians were staying for the entire show, no matter where they were coming from. And the second thing is uh, the amount of people that started running the line. Because they were having so much fun on stage. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want to get off. And I was like, that's like, oh, that's, we've done everything we can do, you know. Yeah. We, we've, created, we've created something here. So we're just happy to be like, you know, a part of it and keep it going. And like, we're going to expand the concept in the future here. So, yeah, it's so, it's so good, man. It's such a great show. You're an awesome host, awesome 
comic you it's like it's your show and you just like invite it's almost like like when martin did deaf comedy jam it's like your show but you're bringing everybody on you know you're showcasing other like talented people so yeah kudos to you man on nine years i think uh I, I'm going to have to be an egoless comic and just come, even though I'm not performing and just have a good Oh, that's time. good. That's, that's the next step. When comics are hanging out in the back, they aren't booked. That's when, that's another stage. We got to make that. Then we, then we want to get to the stage to where uh talent agents start hanging out in the back. Yeah. Do that, they even that's do that, that anymore? Or they just, I don't think so. Phone. I think they, I think they just go on TikTok and see what's viral. And then they, <laughs> message the <person>. yeah. <laughs> Well, all right, man. Justin, this has been phenomenal as always. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, man. And um, everybody, thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you next time. Take it easy, everybody. All right, let me. Uh, that was.